Hello, and thank you for tuning into Mum Talk, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine and Elwood. If you are new here, I share my journey as a mum from pregnancy to life as a mum of two. Sharing all the highs and all the lows, not only am I joined by incredibly knowledgeable guests, experts in their fields, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in Mum Talk to be honest, real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments. Wherever you may be, thank you for listening and being part of today's conversation. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mum Talk, the final episode in this series, series 12, episode 10. But I might have a little secret for you all. I am thinking, thinking, playing with the idea, should I say, that I may just keep the ball rolling on the podcast because I'm now starting to get a little bit more time in the day. Elwood is starting to nap a little bit longer in the day, so it might not be weekly, but it might be bi-weekly. We'll just see how I'm going and I'll surprise you occasionally with a podcast and also share with you what's going on in our world because I know that a lot of you listen for our updates and there haven't been many this series. I think I've spoken to you twice this series, once right at the beginning of the series and once halfway through, I think. I think that's what it was. And the last time I spoke to you was in May, right at the end of May. And it's now mid-July and a lot's happened. (laughs) A lot has happened since then, Um, which I'm going to fill you in on today. But how are we all doing in this heat? So you guys are going to be listening to this tomorrow, Sunday, um, or whenever you choose to listen, of course, but I am actually recording this on Saturday night, leaving it to the last minute. But actually, you guys know I like to record the ones by me right up until the last minute, so it's really current, um, and I'm telling you exactly what's going on. It's fresh out of my mouth into your ears, basically. So how are we all doing with the heat? We've got the heat wave Um, I mean, I don't think we're in Devon, so I don't think it's going to be that bad for us down here. Um, I'm certainly not complaining. Sorry, I had to take a little pause there because I had a little visitor and she has a message for you. Hello. Hello, everybody. It's Amandine here. (laughs) Well, that's a first. Amandine has never been on the podcast before, Um, but cute, super cute. So back to it. Um, Yeah, I I think it's the nights that are a main worry, isn't it, with the heat? And it can be really (laughs) confusing what to dress them in, especially. But sometimes I find it much easier, instead of cooling the room down loads before bed, when we've done that in the past, the minute we've shut the windows or turned off the... um, We've got a, a little portable air conditioning unit type thing the temperature just spikes straight away. And so you've dressed them for a really cool room. And then like an hour later, it's super, super warm and you have to go in and get them undressed and wake them up and it's just a nightmare. But so long as I know that I'm dressing, what temperature I'm dressing them for, and it's going to be fairly constant through the night, then I'm happy because I know they'll be okay. Elwood right now is, I mean, Amandine's not so much of a worry. She is literally sleeping in what she normally sleeps in, which is just a t-shirt. And then instead of her duvet, which is actually only four tog, but instead of her duvet, um, she is sleeping in, uh, it's just a massive muslin over the top, just a really old bunny rabbit muslin. (laughs) Um, and it works really well and it's super soft and she loves it and her duvet is just at the bottom of the bed so if she gets cold she can just pull it over the top of her but she is almost four now so 
she's very capable of doing that. Elwood, on the other hand, find trickier. So I finally got a 0.5 TOG sleep bag. We did try a couple of nights without him in the sleep bag. He was just in his pyjamas, but it didn't work well at all. He was really unsettled, which actually doesn't surprise me. He slept in a sleep bag of sorts ever since he was born. So to suddenly be <laughs> in nothing and be able to move his legs around and stick them in the, through the sides of the cot was a bit of a disaster. Um, and actually the first night I got hold of the 0.5 TOG sleep bag, I bought it from Next, so it came, um, well it would have been next day, but I ordered it on a Saturday, so it came on Monday. And it's brilliant. And the first night he slept in it, he slept through, which was fantastic because he, um, well I might as well talk about that now I suppose, he slept through, uh, he slept through the night before we went to France, which was literally just after I'd caught up with you at the end of May. So he slept through the night before we went to France, which was a disaster because, I mean, it was wonderful, but it wasn't something that I could then continue because we drive all the way to the ferry. We then have the night on the ferry. So that's really weird for Elwood. We're all in the same room. It's a really late night. It's it, He's essentially co-sleeping with everybody. Um, and then we're at Hendrik's parents' house, so it's a different place, different smells, he probably doesn't seem to remember it that much, really a different language being kind of blurted around all the time, so it, very tricky for him. So of course, we then had, we were away for two and a bit weeks, he didn't sleep through once, he was waking four or five times in the night the whole time we were away, which I was very much prepared for because it's what he'd been doing before, but it was just gutting that he slept through the night before we left. Anyway, we then got home um, and I don't think he slept through, um, but essentially... I put him in that baby, I put him in that 0.5 tog sleep bag and he slept through again. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. He slept through the night before his jab. So the second time he slept ever slept through the night. So we're talking from 7 p.m. until probably 6 a.m. was the night before his one year jabs, which if any of you follow me on social media were a complete nightmare. <laughs> um, a complete nightmare. So we had um two of his one-year jabs. I split the one-year jabs, so they're not, there's normally four injections, and I split them into two and two, because I don't want to overload his system, and when Amaldine had all four jabs, she was actually really, really poorly, because she was a bit unwell uh, beforehand. She wasn't running a fever, and I think they only don't do the four injections when they're running a fever, because you can't tell if they're having a reaction or whatever. Um, but it did just make her really, really poorly and she took ages to recover from her cold. So a learning from that for me was just to ask and my surgery were really good about it and they very willingly split the jabs. So the two we had before we went to France were really non-eventful. Um, he was totally fine. About 10 days later, he um, was a bit fussy and really clingy um, threw a bit of a temperature, not so, not so happy, but that is the reaction to the MMR jab on the one-year jabs. And then when we got, um, about, about, what would it have been? 
a month later, we had the second lot. So after we got back from France, we had the second lot. And he slept through the night before the second lot of injections for the second time ever. Oh, God. I mean, my timing. And he was so poorly with those that second lot of first year jabs. So poorly. He was ill for about 10 days. Um, he was throwing temperatures uh, of up to 41 degrees the whole time. Um, he was going kind of in and out of cold sweats. Uh, once, once the fever broke and it passed, he then came out in this huge rash all across his body. Um, his leg, uh, really swelled up, um, at the injection site. And we were just kind of constantly on the phone to the doctor, popping into the doctor. They wanted to see him a lot, to check up on him a lot. You know, check that it wasn't something underlying. Um, but, oh my goodness, wow. It was a intense 10 days because it was, it was so bad that we were going right back to him sleeping in with me, him sleeping on me the whole night. Um, him literally would only be held by me. He just, bless him, was really, really not himself. And it was really, really worrying, actually, when we had those temperatures of up to 41 degrees. And we then also had really cold temperatures. There was a lot, um, one or two times he just went, he, he got really, really cold readings on the thermometer, which um, I think was the fever breaking when... Uh, the fever was coming back down again, but my goodness, it was just a horrible, I think that's the worst for me, when children can't tell you what's wrong, and you can't visually see anything wrong with them, um, yet they're throwing these crazy high temperatures, and clearly feel absolutely horrific, and not themselves, and he just wanted to be sleeping every five minutes, oh, it was awful, he even fell asleep at the dinner table, it was just one of those moments where you really, really knew that this just wasn't wasn't right and your gut's just kicking in saying, nope, got to do something about this. And why do children always get so much worse over the weekend when there's nowhere to go apart from A&E? <laughs> we call Devon Doctors, uh, which are who you get put through to down here when you call 111. And, you know, their callback, I know they're overrun. I know they're overrun and understaffed. For their callback time, we waited for an hour, nothing. I then got a callback from the assisting, I don't know, an assisting team to Devon Doctors saying that actually they would be calling me within the next six hours, which would have been a phone call in the middle of the night. And I knew they would have required me to wake up Elwood. And there was no way I was doing that. So I just said, look, let me see how he is in the morning. And then I'll come back to you because I know that I'm going to be checking in on him. And if he gets really, really bad in the night, then I will just go to A&E. But didn't come to that. Um, but yes, it was horrible. It was really horrible. Anyway, so that really set us off on another bad step with sleep because... I was feeding him to sleep, I was feeding him through the night five, six times maybe because he was just so poorly throwing high temperatures, you can't not feed them if they're asking for milk milk and boob and, you know, water of some kind. So, um, yeah, that, that got us off to a really rough point again in sleep. And then um, we've had these hot nights <laughs> and uh, he... Yeah, so the first time was just yeah, literally a couple of days ago. 
um, the first time again. And since then, he has he slept through the night last night. Uh, he only woke up once the night before. And yeah, the night before that was the night that he slept through. So I'm hoping we're starting to get a little bit more of a pattern here. But I do start to feel a bit like a new woman. And I'm really starting to feel like... I'm able to take take a few more steps for myself. One of the questions on um, Instagram, I put out a little question box for anyone that had anything they wanted me to talk about in the podcast today. And somebody asked, how do I fill up my cup with um, two children? And yeah, it's really hard, but it's tiny things, it's little things. And that's what's um, what I'm doing at the moment, really little things. But they're huge. They're little, but they're huge. Um, they're little things, little amounts of time, but the impact they have on the rest of my day or on the rest of my week or on my attitude, my mood, um, are huge. So I am trying when I don't either get woken up, um, and if I have a good night's sleep to wake up literally 20 minutes, half an hour before everybody else. So I can just have a moment to get dressed, brush my teeth, wash my face, do my skincare routine, um, maybe even go downstairs, put a laundry on, just in my own space, with nobody asking me questions, needing things, talking to me, in fact, with nobody talking to me, um, and just not being required. Even if it's still doing jobs, just having that wonderful period of peace in the morning is lovely. I don't feel like I can have the same in the evening. Bedtime in this household takes quite a long time and it is a team effort between my husband and I, Hendrik and I. Um, And by the time that's over, Hendrik is just, you know, he is done for the day. Um, And so am I, to be honest. And um, yes, even though we are kind of in silence, not talking, He's on his phone, I'm on my phone, we're kind of wrapping up any admin that we need to finish off and we might have little jobs that we just haven't been able to get done in the day. You know, it's not it's not that kind of wonderful, peaceful end to the day. Um, and then I'm also attempting to run, even though it's 20 minutes. Um, Hendrik, and occasion- Hendrik occasionally can um, help take the kids for a little bit longer which he's been doing far more often which has just been brilliant so I can get maybe a 5k or a 10k in occasionally um, running uh, it is very few and far between but even if I can do it a couple of times a week it makes a huge amount of difference huge 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 amounts of difference And they're the ways I fill up my cup, really. Today, take today, for instance, we went to one of our local beaches um, where there's a playground and a skate park and um, the kids were on the skate park and we took our paddleboard. I said, I'm going to go with Elwood and go blow up the paddleboard up on the beach because Elwood can just sit in the buggy and watch. And Hendrik actually said, no, he'll take Elwood too to the playground. And they were there for half an hour. And actually, in that half an hour, I blew up the paddleboard, I set up the beach, and then I was able to go for a swim by myself, lie in the sun and dry off by myself, put sun cream on myself before um, the kids came back over and needed to be sun creamed. And it was just so incredibly refreshing. And even though I probably lay flat for about five minutes, it was absolute magic 
absolutely magic. And those tiny little periods of time, which are hugely facilitated by the fact that Hendrik is around a lot and is able to take both children, have been uh, really amazing recently. So I'm incredibly grateful to um, Hendrik for doing that and just giving me a little bit more um, space to be by myself. This week has been slightly <laughs> stressful. Not really stressful, actually. We kind of just have had COVID looming over our heads. Um, my sister, my poor sister, she is so heavily pregnant. She is due very, very, very soon. And in fact, I must get her on the podcast um, to talk about numerous things. Um, but she went up to London for her last kind of bit of work. They've just moved down here. And oh, bless her, she got COVID. Now, luckily, the most important thing here is that she has had very mild symptoms. Um, it's just been like a cold, not even the worst cold she's ever had. And my goodness, does my sister pick up some nasty colds. Um, in the past, but she um, is still testing positive, unfortunately, which is really unfortunate because today I was meant to be hosting her a baby shower and it was meant to be a complete and utter surprise. But when she messaged me to say she just tested positive for COVID, I literally couldn't believe it. <laughs> um, because yeah, my baby shower planning went out the window. Um, so I have this huge box of baby shower stuff and a shower that I won't be able to throw her anymore. But what I'm going to do is send everybody a parcel with all of the activities that we were going to do for the baby shower. Um, and they're going to do them and then they're going to post them back to me. And then I'm going to create a lovely little hamper of all of the baby shower activities from everybody. Um in this little hamper so it'll that she'll still have all of the memories she just won't have the physical presence of her friend but I have been expecting to get COVID um not that we really got we saw my sister really um but yeah I have been expecting to potentially come down with it but we haven't touch wood um, but yes, it's been one of those weeks where I've been thinking, I don't want to see anybody just in case I'm carrying it. So I'm not going to see anybody. Um, anyway, we are, we're out the other side and hopefully she will test positive, uh, negative any day soon. So yes, since I last spoke to you, we have been to France and I know a lot of you wanted to know how our journey went this time around. So we take the ferry when we go to France, we drive to Portsmouth, we do the Portsmouth to St. Marlowe route. We could do the Plymouth to Roscoff route, um, but actually that's a longer drive in France for us. Um, so we find that actually it's better to have a slightly longer drive uh, British side than obviously to Plymouth, which is about an hour away from us. A same length ferry and then a shorter length drive um, front side. Uh, it still works out to be around six, six-ish hours. But if we went to Roscoff, I think it would be about seven or eight hours. And I know that doesn't sound like a huge amount of difference, but it is. <laughs> anyway, I was really scarred from the journey last time because Elwood basically cried the entire time. But this time we had a new car seat. And oh my God, it was a complete and utter game changer <laughs> absolute game changer um i know i've talked about the 
the uh, car seat on the podcast before. Um, it's the Serona eye size. Um, this one was the Serona Z eye size. It's the same as the it's the same base um, that interchanges the cloud and the Serona on the same base. So it's really 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 nifty if you are um, upgrading your car seat from the infant one up to um, the next uh, group up. But I think it just gave him so much more room and I just hadn't really, I guess, I don't know, I guess I just hadn't computed that, you know, he's a big one-year-old and even though the measurements on the car seat were very much within what he was, he just, they're, they're more height, aren't they, rather than width, <laughs> and I think he just felt really crammed, um, and this car seat, every single time, this new car seat, every single time he gets in the car, he falls asleep, I'm not kidding you, even if he's just had a nap, he will go back to sleep, <laughs> he's that comfy, it's crazy, and it's, and actually sometimes it's not very helpful, we'll be coming back from the beach and he'll just go straight away, whereas before he would stay awake the whole time and then cry because he'd be overtired, Anyway, it's been a game changer and it was a game changer and it made our journey so much easier. He also slept so much better. We put we bought the cot this time to put in our cabin. It was a very tight squeeze, but we did have the cot and it was fantastic. Um, and he slept really well in it. He did wake up a few times, but I'm hoping that um, we've got six weeks until we go again next. Um, and I have very much said that he has to be sleeping through the night before we go because I am not dealing with him waking on the ferry. I then have to give him boobs straight away to make sure Amandine and Hendrik don't wake up. More Amandine. Um, and then that starts us off for the whole of our holiday in France or our trip out to France because every time he wakes up he expects boob. And that's what's happened for the last few times that we've been and the holiday's just been... A nightmare with him waking all the time so fingers crossed the sleeping through will be well solidified by the time we get on the next ferry um but yeah we had a great great journey down we did loads of biking loads of swimming it was really hot it was wonderful um yeah we had like 25 26 degrees and that was in june and it was just just lovely um and we've been doing lots of the same here, actually, with this wonderful weather. I took, I've been taking Amandine and Elwood, actually, out on the paddleboard. So, I don't know if many of you knew, but before um, having babies, and actually, I mean, I still am, I teach yoga. And uh, I used to teach SUP yoga, I had a SUP yoga business down um, in South Devon. That is no longer, unfortunately, but that's just too hard to juggle with children. Um... But yes, I have uh, some paddleboards and we took one out the other day and it was just, oh, it just took me straight to my happy place to be able to take Amandine out on the paddleboard and she just lies on the front and it's so relaxing for her and she just can be on the water and enjoy the peacefulness of the water without actually being in it and being cold or being overexcited in it. She can just, yeah appreciate its calmness and being at one with water it was just it was it's just been magical um I took Elwood out on it the last couple of days as well in both in their little life jackets not at the same time um 
and I, they've had a great time. They've loved it. We've been really conscious. Uh, Amandine not so much because she loves it. We know that. But Elwood, we've been really conscious to be very, very um, uh, watching him very carefully, essentially, for if he's not enjoying it. But the whole time, he was just so happy, smiley, clapping his hands. He just, just loved it. So, uh, yeah, it makes me very, very happy. And I took Amandine to the outside swimming pool, the outside Lido, uh, local to us as well. And she loved that too. We got her some goggles. I'm trying to encourage her to put her head under a little bit more. She doesn't particularly like putting her head underwater um, and holding her breath and the water goes up their nose. But, you know, I think I was exactly the same for a long time until I learned to blow out my nose when I went underwater. Um, but I'm trying to encourage her to keep going with her swimming because we've stopped our lessons because that just became too tricky with uh, Elwood. So she hasn't been to a swimming lesson in a while and now I hope that we can start doing these things together. Um, Hendrik had Elwood again so I could just take Amaldine and have, it's been wonderful just having these little moments of one-on-one -on -one time with Amandine because I just have not had that for the last year and that's been I think one of the biggest biggest changes that I didn't necessarily see coming I saw it coming but I thought it'd be much easier to get one-on-one -on -one time with Amandine than it has been so for these little moments to start popping into our life kind of a year on has just been mentally game-changing but also just wonderful might have discovered that pregnancy and postpartum can create a bit of stress and anxiety, even for the most prepared parents. That's why I'm delighted to tell you about Expectful. Expectful is the mental health app for before, during and after pregnancy. Seriously, this app has so much for your mental health and it was designed by a team of perinatal experts, holistic wellness practitioners and mums who have experienced it all. You simply enter your due or birth date and receive weekly custom content throughout pregnancy and postpartum journey. Expectful has a broad selection of over 1,600 meditations with unique collections for cycle tracking, IVF, birth and labour prep, nursing and pumping, postpartum depression and more. And they also have daily live events and Q&As with lactation consultants, nutritionists, paediatric sleep specialists, pelvic floor therapists and maternal mental health experts. They even include a hypnobirthing course that has received five-star reviews from thousands of mums. With Expectful's free seven-day trial, it's a no-brainer to give it a try, and if you use the code either on the app, MUMTALK25OFF, that's all in capital letters, MUMTALK25OFF, or at expectful.com, you'll get 25% off your annual membership. Go to expectful.com today to start your free trial. That's mum talk, the number 25, off. I had a question in that question box, uh, actually asking how I fit in exercise with two kids. Um, they have a three-year-old, a four-month-old, and struggling with 
time and motivation is very, very similar ages to mine. Um, motivation, I do it for my mental state, really. Um, and I don't do it to lose weight. I don't do it really to keep fit. <laughs> I mean, I guess I kind of do, but that's more of a byproduct of me doing it. I do it to have space, to have time away, to um, invest in myself a little bit, to uh, clear my head, to rid myself of any stress or anger that might have been kind of bubbling up over the last few days. That's why I do it. So motivation, um, I know I will always feel better. I, my sister's husband said to me, you will never regret and this is very not this is a very obvious thing you'll never regret going for a run you'll only ever regret not going which is very true and also I've been doing trail running so what always used to put me off running was that I had to do it quickly that I had to be the fastest I could be um and actually with trail running you can walk <laughs> you can totally walk if you want to um if you know if you if you go up a really steep hill you can walk because trail running you often do a lot longer uh, distances. Your um, your pace per kilometer is much slower. You can take in the countryside a lot more than just kind of bashing it out on the roads. It's better for you, better for your knees. Um, but obviously, you know, do do what you can do and what you want to do. And it might not even be running. It might be yoga or it might be. Um, any kind of exercise but also this is very similar to what Holly and I were talking about in our podcast during the last series is don't underestimate the amount of exercise you do do in a day without actually physically calling it exercise so if you're wanting to exercise to keep fit or you're wanting to exercise to lose weight or whatever it is you are doing a lot in the day with two children so don't underestimate that you know um, give yourself a break if you know you're you're trying to fit it in um, for different reasons. I am, but essentially, to fit it in, I go early in the morning when I know Hendrik can have the kids. Or we might be going to the beach um, and there's a great route around the beach and I know that if Hendrik drops me off, um, I can actually get down to the coffee shop this by, uh, in the same time that he takes to drive the rest of the route, get the kids out of the car, walk to the coffee shop. So I know that I can meet him there and, um, you know, actually some a task that's very easily done with one parent um, with both kids will then allow me to do the run, if you see what I mean. Uh, but yeah, it's really, really tough to, to fit in. With Elwood going down a bit better in the evenings, time, I haven't actually done an evening run, I just haven't had the energy, but um, there is some space I feel like opening up then it's too hot to run in the middle of the day at the moment when Elwood's asleep but essentially it's when they're asleep basically <laughs> I don't have a running but I mean I have an out and about um it's not the running one but uh I can run with it so sometimes I'll just run with Elwood but the routes around me and obviously trail runs it's virtually impossible to run with a buggy so that just doesn't happen um or if we're going up into our local woods I will run there um, as well and Hendrik will walk and I'll do two laps of the walk essentially and just lap them and then <laughs> go back the second time and then walk the rest of the route with them so again it's, it's, it's also dropping any 
expectations that you have. You know, I can't plan. Um, I'm hoping to do my first half marathon trail run and it's just, it's really challenging because my training would have me doing one really long or one longer run a week and two shorter, maybe 5Ks a week. But there's just no way I can plan to do that. So at the moment, there's maybe like a 3K, a 5K. And then if I'm very, very, very lucky, maybe a 6K or a 7K. But it, there's just, that very rarely happens and hasn't happened this week, actually. Um, so yes, it's it's trying to, it's just trying to fit it in where, wherever possible, but mostly in sleep times, really. Um... Another question I had was tips for managing with a toddler and a baby. And I want to be completely honest, I don't think I've done this well. So I don't think I can give you any tips. I really, and also we have a very different family setup compared to many, many, many others. I have been incredibly lucky. Well, in one way, not, but in another way, incredibly lucky. In terms of helping with the children, Hendrik is around a lot um, and has been around a lot because of COVID and uh, a few other reasons. He is he is here a lot. So I have had to manage very little by myself with um, the two of them. Hendrik has always been here at bedtime, pretty much bar maybe five or six times. Um, he's been here every single bedtime, um, and it's not, it's not a, I've just always had that second pair of hands, and I've been incredibly, incredibly lucky, so I'm not sure, I'm not sure I'm well placed to give you many tips, um, tip, my, I guess my, my tips for going out and about would be to get a buggy board <laughs> that was one of the best investments for me because I just knew that then going out and about was actually relatively stress-free baby was in the buggy couldn't move toddler was on the buggy board wasn't really going anywhere and we could just stroll or we could cruise around the shops or we could go get a coffee baby would be asleep Amandine would be I mean that actually very rarely happened but in my head this is what was idyllic um, and that's that's kind of my biggest tip for going out, and also not taking not taking on too much and learning to say no. If you've booked out your week and you're actually thinking I can't do this, I don't want to do this, then just say no because people will understand. People will understand that you are um, you are finding your new groove with two kiddos. I have a question about speech, um, about singing nursery rhymes. Uh, but not much speech. I really have no idea. In all honesty, I have no idea. I would take that up with your health visitor or your GP or a speech therapist. Um, I really don't know at what stages they should be doing what. I'm sorry, I can't help you more with your question. Um, and another lovely question about how is my therapy going? Uh, really well, really well. I've noticed a huge difference and actually... Um, we were away, so I missed a session, then my therapist was away, then my therapist got COVID. So actually I ended up not having a session for about three weeks. And the difference I noticed in not having a session was quite huge actually. I found that all of the tools that my therapist had given me 
I had the space and the time to implement when the same thing kept popping up and popping up. When it was new things, um, it was still a bit of a struggle. I felt like I just needed to talk it out with somebody. But with the same things that we already talked about going over and over and they kept popping up, kept popping up, within over those three weeks, I was able to really detect exactly what it was that kept popping up and do something about it. And it was very interesting. So when I went back to my therapist and I said, how do you feel about break cutting down our sessions essentially? So instead of one every week, we go to maybe one every two weeks and then we just do maybe ad hoc sessions if you do that kind of thing. And I asked her if she felt like I was ready and she agreed and she said yes, very much so. You know, you get to a point when what is the value of therapy if you aren't you know, starting to feel confident to reduce your sessions or whatever, which was really lovely to hear her say. But I said to her, you know, I've really, I, I said to her exactly what I just told you guys now. And she said, that's exactly right. And she gave this brilliant um, kind of visual explanation. She said, therapy is like a snow globe. So you come in every week, we shake, 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 shake the snow globe. You then leave, the snow settles, you then, over the course of the rest of the week, you then come back in, we shake, 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 shake the snow globe, and then the snow settles, you come back in, and the snow takes time to settle in a snow globe, doesn't it? So by the time everything's kind of settled, you then go back in, and it gets turned upside down again, literally turned upside down again. But what happened during the three weeks whilst we didn't have a session was the snow settled, and then, you know, in a snow globe, like ever so occasionally when you haven't shaken it, there'll be a little puff of snow or a little sparkle of glitter or something in a snow globe. And it's, you'll you'll be able to see really clearly where it was because there's no other snow in the way. And I thought this that was just perfect to explain exactly what had happened. I was able to see the same issues that were popping up and popping up again. And I was able to do something about it because my entire world hadn't been shaken again and again and again and again. Um, so yeah, therapy is going really well. Thank you. Um, I think it's one of those things that really helps in the, you know, in the long, 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 long run, like maybe not necessarily in the short term, I would be able to see a huge difference kind of in, um, I've, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot, a lot. Um, but it's been brilliant. So if you're thinking about it, then I would highly, highly recommend seeking somebody out and, um, going because it's been it's just been fantastic what else can I share with you oh my gosh the biggest thing the biggest thing I can share with you I have a walking baby or toddler he is a proper toddler <laughs> he is walking so I would say we're in the third day now Three days ago, something, I don't know what it was, but something clicked in Elwood and all of a sudden he realised he could walk by himself. So for the last, 
He took his first steps when he was about 11 months old. Um, and then he would hold our hand and hold our hand and hold our hand and hold our hand and hold our hand. Wouldn't let go. Um, and for the last kind of month, Hendrik and I have been breaking our backs every single night, come about five o'clock, bang on when I'm trying to make dinner. He wants to do laps of the house. Laps of the house, picking up things, putting things down, toppling over, picking, and it breaks our backs. And mentally, especially Hendrix found it very, very difficult just walking around in loops. And if you kind of sit him down or whatever, he just gets really miffed. Or if one of you's in the kitchen doing something and there's no other parent around, then it's fine. But if there's someone else around, so if, if I'm cooking and then Hendrik comes in, he'll go straight to Hendrik and start whining until he walks him around the house, or similar with me. So it was very, very difficult. Um, and then literally, yeah, three days ago, I don't know what it was. He just clicked and he let go of our hands all of a sudden. And then ever since... He has been walking everywhere. He doesn't want to hold our hands very much. He will walk. He'll take himself off out of the kitchen, poodle down into the very bottom of the garden, go into the playhouse, have a little play around, poodle back up again, maybe fall over halfway, pick himself up, stand back up. So much so that about four days ago, I filled in his one-year review forms and it said, um, does your baby walk the majority it's a question like this does your baby walk the majority of the time or crawl and I put sometimes because you know he'll walk holding our hand um otherwise he'll crawl and I had to change the form <laughs> we haven't had our one year review yet so I had to change the form and I've now ticked the always because he is always walking it's just crazy I don't know what I don't know what it was I don't know what it was but yeah it's been a huge relief and now Hendrik and I can literally sit in the garden and watch our children walk around, play together. It's, it's just been a refreshing, needed game changer. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, my goodness, yeah, it's just been great. His feet are growing like nobody's business. He's out of those beautiful bow bucks that I bought him, which I've hardly had anywhere, but it's fine. My sister can have them for her baby. Um, and I got in contact with a couple of my friends saying, have you got any relatively unworn shoes that Elwood can borrow or have? Um, I can buy them off you. Because shoes are so expensive, aren't they? And when they barely get worn, I'm just thinking, oh... <laughs> save the pennies but actually if you are looking for shoes I saw that Clark's basically everywhere Clark's start right um bow bucks they've all got sales on um so it's worthwhile having a little peek if you are after some shoes uh, but I should probably go and get Elwood properly measured to be honest um but yes he is just walking everywhere he's walking barefoot mainly and because we're going to the beach 99.9% .9 of the time there's no point in me getting him any shoes because he just doesn't wear them anyway so, and he doesn't, he's not actually that bothered by gravel. Oh, please excuse that little um, ding ding there. But yes, that's the biggest news I have for you. And it's been fantastic. Anyway, I will leave you with that news because I've just noticed I have been waffling on for a wonderful 45 minutes and it is well past my bedtime. 
So thank you all so much for listening. I will be in contact when the next podcast will be out. I will obviously let you know on social media. Um, but please stay in contact on social media. It's Mum Talk Podcast if you're not following already. Please leave a review if you haven't already. It really does help and it also enables me to keep making the podcast for you. You may have noticed within the last series, we had a couple of ads dotted in and there. I didn't go overboard with the ads this series. really wanted it to be about you guys and the... Um, the guests and less focused on the ads but of course the podcast takes time and a lot of effort and it's only me doing it Um, so it is really lovely to have the support of the um, advertisements to um, yeah give me a few little pennies in my pocket to help fund the podcast and my time So if you have a moment, please subscribe, please review, please share with your friends. If you enjoy it, please share on social media um, to show the podcast to other people and hopefully they'll find it and be supported by it as much as you guys are. So I will love you and leave you. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Bye.